Welcome to Unleashing Your Great Work, a podcast about doing the work that matters the most to you. I'm your host, Dr. Amanda Crowell, a cognitive psychologist, coach, and the creator of the Great Work Journals. Every week on this podcast, we are asking the big questions. What is great work and why does it matter so much to us? What does it take to do more of your great work without sacrificing everything else? And how does the world change when more people are doing more of the work that matters the most to them? So whether your great work is building your own small business or managing a remote team at a multinational company, you'll find insight and answers here. Welcome everybody to Unleashing Your Great Work. I am so excited today to have Amber Villauer. She is a leading digital marketing strategist who supports authors, speakers, and coaches to establish a powerful, integrated online presence that gets results and empowers them to make a difference in their industry. Welcome, Amber. Amanda, you know I love you, girl, and I love what you are doing with great work. I think it's really important to really dig in deep and lean into great work and love the episodes that you've had up to this point. It's really an honor to be here, and congratulations on the upcoming book. Oh, I know. (laughs) It's coming out one week from today. (laughs) How do you feel about it? I know know you're asking. Are you interviewing me on my podcast? Um, I am excited. I had, this book has been in the works. I mean, you know, you've been sort of around with me from the beginning and it has been a truly remarkable and healing experience. And I can't, and and the people who are reading it say it really helps them. So I just, I, I can't wait. I am excited to have, to have it out into the world so people can read it. And and I can feel. So Amber, I would love to hear, um, just start where we always start, which is what, tell us a little bit about you. What is your great work? Well, if I could, I'd like to split it into personally and professionally Please do. because in my early twenties, right now I'm, I'm almost 40, but in my early twenties, I discovered that my real purpose personally is to help others feel heard, seen, loved, and valued. Um, which may feel a little general and broad, but that is literally what I do all the time. That is my intention. That is my focus. That is my discipline. Um, we can talk about how I arrived at that in a little bit, but that's, that's really meaningful to me. It's important. It's like soul food. It lights me up. It makes me feel like, the oxygen I breathe matters. (laughs) Um, and in my mid twenties, I stumbled into the online world. I I was, um, an event planner and there were all of these internet marketers at the time. So this was like the mid, like maybe 2005, some Mm -hmm. somewhere in there. And they were talking about Google AdWords and sales pages and funnels. And I'm thinking, what the heck is all of this? I didn't know anything about the online world, but I knew it would be a challenge and that lights me up. And so I went home, I taught myself code. I mm-hmm. built my own website. I started blogging about the things I was learning about. And um, in 2007, NGNG Enterprises was born and it stands for no guts, no glory. It's a phrase my mom used to say to me all the time growing up. And I thought, what better phrase to remember every day as I face my fears and try to make a business out of helping people build their business online. So I would say that my great work professionally, Amanda, 
is really bringing human connection to the digital world. Wow. And we need it. We need it desperately. And there are a lot of internet marketers that um, are pushing automation. And automation is a really good idea in theory because we all want to be better leveraged. We all want to save our time and make the biggest impact. But a lot of the way that automation was being taught was stripping out that human connection. And so people started feeling like a herd of mooing cows going through a funnel and nobody wants to feel that way. So as you can see, it's sort of weaving in this idea personally of wanting people to feel heard, seen, loved, and valued. And then that bringing that into a digital world with automation at scale, how can we make that happen? And that is my work through websites and branding and book launches specifically. Wow. And so how do you do that? How, what are some insights or, you know, tenants that you have to make sure that we, even when we're at scale, even when we're automated, that we aren't losing sight of the fact that these are human beings who need to be seen, loved, and heard. Yeah. Well, I could tell you a quick little story. Um, True story, two years into my business, I was getting a mixed bag of clientele coming into the website. They would reach out on my contact form saying, I need a website. And so I would set up an hour long call and I would get to know them personally. I would make sure to feel connected right out of the gates. They'd tell me about their project. I would tell them about my process. I would share my pricing. And then it was a maybe. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> at the end of that hour. And I was specifically talking to a man named Larry one day who sold paper. He was like a distributor for paper products at restaurants. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I got a maybe at the end of that hour. And I just thought, man, there has got to be a better way. Um, so what I ended up doing was this was way back in 2009. This was before mm-hmm. YouTube and video was what it was, but I thought, what if I could create a video Mm-hmm. which I now call a door greeter video that sits right there at the top center of my homepage. So anytime somebody comes into the website, they watch this video from me. A tenant though, Amanda, is that you have to talk to one person in this video. Mm-hmm. Common mistake that a lot of people make is trying to be all things to all people all the time. For me, this video is to one person. So I'm leaning in, I'm conversational and I'm sharing from the heart. I'm not scripted. And I'm introducing myself to that person, letting them know what I do, what makes me different, who I want to serve authors and speakers who are kind and serious about wanting to get their message out to the world, which weeded out a lot of the distributors for paper products at restaurants. And what would happen is in the course of watching this video, Amanda, people would then go into a 30 minute call with me Mm -hmm. already knowing exactly what I do, how I do it, who I do it for and what makes me different. So if they got all the way to the point of booking on my calendar, they were pretty much ready to work with me. They just wanted to get to know me and make sure it was a good fit and move forward. Right. Mm -hmm. But what would happen is on these sales calls, people would come in saying, Amber, I feel like I already know you. I've watched your videos. I know what you do. I want a website. I'm looking for a book launch in four months. Can you help me with this thing? And it, and my call time went from 60 to 30 minutes. I started closing about 80%, 60 to 80%, depending on the season, instead of 25%, it was a complete game changer in my business. So I was leveraged. I was more efficient. I was creating better connection. People felt heard and valued. They appreciated the information up front. 
was a total game changer. So it's like, how can you apply those principles to everything in your business? And it is possible. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. That sounds, that sounds really interesting to me in the sense that like these days, a lot of people are saying that you need to send these individualized videos to people when, you know, when the, so I guess what I'm trying to say is the online world shifts and changes so fast. And now lots of people have the videos at the top. So what these days is sort of the, the equivalent to that, or does that still work? It totally still works. And just because a lot of people do it doesn't mean they're doing it right. Yeah. Because when I'm working with authors, Amanda, they, every time it is a new concept to think Mm -hmm. about recording a social media video, but only talking to one person. Yeah. I'm on probably seven to 10 calls a day, five days a week. I mean, I am constantly talking to authors. So I have a very good pulse of what's going on in the, in their mindset and in the world right now, especially with publishing marketing and a lot of authors, they don't like to promote themselves. They don't want to be on video. Mm -hmm. They have these mindset issues where they, they just don't want to talk to the masses. And I'm over here saying, good, cut it out anyway. That's not the way that's what everybody Mm -hmm. else is pitching. I'm over here saying, make it about the cause, Mm -hmm. make it about the change, make it about the person that you're trying to impact. Stop making it about you. Mm -hmm. doesn't matter what you look like on video. It matters about how you're making other people feel, talk to one person, Mm -hmm. share what you desperately want to share with that person. Like what's the message in your heart to share, make it about that, make it not Mm -hmm. about you. So it doesn't feel like self-promotion and the person viewing on the other end, they will totally know that this is raw and real and authentic and not BS like what everybody else is doing. Mm. I don't care if my hair isn't perfect. If I flub my words a little bit, you know, I'm just going to be me Mm -hmm. and and that should be enough. And I'm here to tell you that it is people Mm -hmm. love it. Yeah. Right. Because so much of the internet and online marketing is so um, designed and highly sheened. I guess I don't know what the words are for it. Oh, that's so interesting. Okay. So why don't you back up a little and tell us what is it that you do for authors? (laughs) <laughs> all sorts of things. Um, so at a high level, I can launch your book. Uh-huh. I can help you get in touch with the truth of who you really are and help you to become self-expressed online. Um, the deeper work is people tell me that I'm more like a therapist because the deeper work is that I can, I come in and I have a gift, Amanda, to really see the potential in people immediately. Like, boom, I can see your potential right away. And then I treat you that way. Like that you, you, I treat you as if you are there and it stirs people Mm -hmm. because they do feel like, oh my gosh, you see me in ways that other people don't. And I'm over here saying yes. And the invitation is now to live this fully every day. Mm -hmm. And so in the journey of launching somebody's website, It's an interesting one because there are definitely opportunities where the mind plays tricks on you and authors start to feel fear, fear Mm -hmm. of success, fear of failure, fear of all sorts of different things. It's very hard for authors to step out on a limb and to get their message out. Even the ones that love speaking on stages, 
uh, you still have the same mindset stuff as every other author <laughs> guaranteed it's in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's okay. It's because we're human. And when we put words to paper, we want it to be significant and meaningful and impactful. And it's so important to us that of course it's going to be hard and scary. Mm-hmm. So there's our baseline. Now I'm here to help you through that piece. And I'm here to remind you of your brilliance, to remind you that it's not about you. It's about the cause. It doesn't have to be perfect perfect. Let's be excellent. Let's not be perfect. Mm -hmm. And let's just take consistent action and follow the bouncing ball all the way through the launch. Mm -hmm. Now, Amanda, if I can just get somebody to their launch day, I know they're going to be successful after that because there is something magical that happens on the other side of launch day, where all of a sudden the author believes that believes in themselves and they no longer need me as that crutch to lean on. And now they can just fully assume that role of getting themselves out there. They know they can now they have that validation. So the other thing is that along that journey of launching their book, I put systems and processes Mm -hmm. and team in place so that on the back end of the launch, you have an author who successfully launched They believe in themselves and they have the right support so that they can be out of their business and in a place of scaling their message. And it is the most fulfilling job on planet earth. I have to tell you, like, I love what I do. That's what I do for authors. (laughs) Wow. That's amazing. So can you give us an example of, you know, you talked about, um, in fact, talked about a lot of things in there that the author would struggle with perfectionism, uh, fear of success, fear of failure, being fully themselves on camera. So like a lot of things I can see people would show up at your doorway sort of carrying as baggage. What mm-hmm. kind of what kind of work are you doing with them in the in the thick of that? So if they are, you know, starting to like what does it look like? How do you help them? Yeah. It honestly is it depends. It varies. There are a lot of people out there that have packages and cookie cutter, you know, campaigns that they put their clients through. I'm not one of them. Everything I do is highly custom to that individual based on who they are, what their goals are, how they want to spend their time, what their budget is, what their team looks like, et cetera. But I would say on average, Amanda, there's usually some sort of website work to make sure that The website is really representative of who you are and what you're trying to say. And then it's genuinely you, not you scripted or you from seven years ago with your old headshot, but like you. (laughs) And so we do need to make sure that the website is representative you. Then I'm usually going out and helping that author find a creative marketing assistant that can be on their team part-time in-house where I can then train that person to do all of your content marketing for you, to free you up out of the business. So what that looks like is if I could get you, Amanda, to just record a video or a podcast episode, I can train your creative marketing assistant or your CMA how to get a video uploaded and optimized on YouTube, how to write blog posts and show notes for you, how to optimize those for Google search engines, how to do all of your social media for you. Yes, you heard that correct. All (laughs) of your social media for you, um, including engaging with other influencers or team or community or clients on their platforms to then more quickly grow your own. Mm -hmm. I also teach that CMA how to do your email 
email marketing for you, how to do serving of your audience for you, and even how to vet and book and get you on podcasts and prep you for the show and then do promotion on the beginning and end of it. If I can get somebody who's $30 an hour on your team, you know, 10 to 20 hours a week doing all of that work for you, mm. how much does that help you to get inspired about getting your message out? It gets you out of the weeds and it puts you in a position of accountability and confidence. Mm. So usually the phase one of working with somebody is just making sure that their platform is in a much better position. Because if you launch your book and your platform, platform is not ready for that increased exposure. Mm. It doesn't matter what happens launch day, the business can't support it on the other end. And you've just lost that opportunity. Mm. So we want to make sure to plug all the holes in your leaky bucket. Mm -hmm. Then we need to have you focused on finishing out the book, speaking on other people's podcasts to get the message out and also really engaging in your network to see who is willing to be a promotional partner for you um, and spread the word on launch day. And I have designed an entire operation around that piece that is unlike what anybody else is doing in the world that I have been able to find. Mm -hmm. It's really about making it a win-win instead of just asking for a favor and making it transactional. Mm -hmm. Then we do a countdown to the actual launch. I always require my authors to do a live stream launch party the day of, mm -hmm. and I, I want them to do it so badly, Amanda, that I do the work for free. I don't even charge them for it because wow. they won't do it unless I give it to them for free. So I have to give it to them for free and on the back end. Every time I just had an author do this a couple of weeks ago, she said, Amber, I wouldn't have done it. I, I wouldn't have done it, but you forced me to do it. And on, on the other end, I'm so thankful you did. I get it now. I see the work that you do and I want to thank you for it. And that happens all the time. So you just have to take a dang moment to celebrate yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have a plan to continue growth on the back end of it. So that's a little bit more of the nitty gritty. Yeah, that's awesome. So I'm wondering what it's like for you. Right. So I've heard, you know, it sounds like you do a lot of systems work and a lot of supporting of the authors and then put uh, sort of between the lines. There was 2009 when it was you talking to Larry, the paper guy at the restaurant. And now you're you're cl it's clearly not just you anymore. Like, what does your business look like for you now? If you're on the phone seven hours a day, you're not doing all of this work yourself. You have a team. Tell us about your business and how that's been for you. I have about 35 people on my team right now. Wow. We had pretty significant growth the past two years. Um, and it's, it's very meaningful. I mean, my unique ability, Amanda, is connecting with people. Um, strategy, I'm very creative. I'm an out-of-the-box thinker. I rarely share the same idea twice. Mm. Very innovative, but I also understand the finest detail uh, to execution. So I can build these support structures between idea and execution. And as I can see that structure, it makes it easy for me to then delegate out to team who they're mm. extremely capable, they're sharp. They are strategic as well. I have a really A plus star team. Mm. Um, and so 
there's that piece of it, but my mind also thinks in uh, leverage. So I can think about the fastest way to do something without sacrificing quality because I'm a quality junkie. So as you can see, like my brain works in all of these different ways. And so my best position in the company is to be on the phone all day. I love connecting. It lights me up. You get to use my mind. We're strategy. I'm laying out the whole plan. And then from there, the team can take it and run with it. And then it's a, it's a division of labor really between what the author's team is doing internally versus what we are doing externally set them up for success. And then I can just meet in that place of strategy and holding my author accountable and making sure that they keep moving past their fears to get through the launch itself. Mm -hmm. Um, But to me, I mean, my days are largely full of the most rich meaning. I I don't even know how to describe it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just feel like I'm being used in such a good way. Like my life, my knowledge, my very difficult upbringing. It's all being used and leveraged to, in such a beautiful way to help the world. And then there's a percentage uh, percentage of days that it's just frustration because it's really hard growing a business. It's hard. Uh, It can't all be perfect. Right. So there Mm -hmm. is a percentage where I struggle with things that I don't want to do or, you know, uh, team stuff that is just natural. You can't avoid it, but you know, you wish you didn't have to necessarily do it. So I'm not, I'll be totally upfront and transparent about that as well, but it's largely just completely full of meaning and fulfillment. That's great. And I have to assume that, well, let me ask instead of assuming Hmm. going the, the pathway from just you in 2009 to now, has it been an easy transition to bring on the team, to train the team, to let go of the things that you used to do yourself? Not really. Um, there were a couple of things like when I stopped attending design meetings for websites, I just loved doing that. Mm -hmm. When I stopped actually shaping our design and logo and branding, like I loved that. Um, and now this year I am removing myself more and more out of the book launch division, because we started largely in websites and I built that whole department up. It was strong. I positioned a creative director to oversee it. And then I got to step out and really focus on growing up the book launch division. But even that is it's in such a good place now that it's time to free me up to go build the next thing. Mm -hmm. And so that's a little bittersweet. And also, um, you know, my COO really wants me to start training up different people to run initial discovery calls. Uh, And I have to say, that's like the last thing I want to let go of, because there's this moment when you first meet somebody and they're not even a client yet. And they've been burned by so many other agencies. And they're, they're just like, hanging on for dear life to their message. And then I get to come in and say, you finally found us. We are going to rock your freaking world. Everything (laughs) that you thought was like this intuition that it could be like, this was right. Let's go. And, um, it's just a magical instant transformation that occurs. And I, I don't know. So (laughs) It's, it's tough, but I just remind myself of what's the vision and what are you, what's the cost of staying in the way of that vision, you know, and playing small. And my vision is pretty big, Amanda. I really want to positively move the publishing industry and the internet marketing industry. I believe that it can be a much healthier operation in place than it is. 
And I'm just a woman on a mission to make it happen. Wow. And that's what it takes. I think it's, um, I think it's interesting to think about how one business, one person's business starts out, they're all of us, almost all of us as me or the individual, the solopreneur trying to make whatever difference they sort of started in. And then the same business for that person, if it grows, if they're able to sort of let go of the parts that other people can do and to trust that other people can do even better work than they can and all of the sort of founder's dilemmas that we talk about, that for the original founder, the business actually becomes a different business and then a different business and then a different business. And you get to live so many different experiences and have so many different visions. And that's, I think, the made, maybe the reason that a lot of people want to have their own business because you do get to have that kind of growth. Is that what drew you to having your own business or was it never a question? You were just, you were like 20 or something. So I guess maybe it was. I had absolutely zero ambitions to run. My <laughs> I have to tell you zero. Oh, wow. <laughs> Um, my first 20 years of life, I was very quiet and I'm so the opposite of who you see today. I was not smiley, outgoing Amber. Mm. No, I was very rarely smiling. I didn't talk very much. I was not social at all. I was suffering and I was trying to figure out where my place was in the world. And there was a tremendous amount of soul frustration and it was a, yeah, just, it was a great big challenge. And in my twenties, I was like my early, probably 19, even I was just starting to kind of crawl my way out of that existence. When I landed on Cutco Cutlery, I got a summertime job selling knives and <laughs> that job totally opened me up to some entrepreneurial side of me. I didn't even know that I had mm. and by the end of my first summer, I was in management. I was recruiting. I was training. I was in charge of receptionists. I was growing the division on and on and on for about four years and breaking company records, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Still no ambition of starting my own business, but I was looking for a challenge beyond Cutco, mm -hmm. found myself at that event, looked at the online world, thought I could do this. I started my own website, as I said, mm -hmm. and people just started coming to me saying, could you manage my website? Could you do this? Mm -hmm. And I thought, I guess I could. I mean, even then fast forward, probably seven years into the company. I take a look around and we probably had, I don't know, 15 people on the team at that time. And I thought, huh, this is like a business. <laughs> I should like take this more seriously and see what I could do if I were actually serious about it. Cause honestly, I always thought it was sort of a stepping stone to something else I would be doing. But when I looked around and I saw the impact that they, what we were making constantly getting positive testimonials, word of mouth, da, 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 da. And I just thought, okay, well, maybe this could be my gig. And I started looking at the change that I make in the world through my clients. It's like influencing the influencers. Right. Yeah. And I thought, wow, this is a tremendous responsibility and gift. Like, what could I do if, if, you know, I took this more seriously and then I just dug in and I've been learning how to grow a multi-million dollar business and accepting my 
you know, the areas that I fall short in and learning as quickly as I can and getting the right people around me to lift me up and and all in support of this vision. And you just take it one day at a time, honestly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, right. Exactly. So then you mentioned your very big vision. I think one of the things that's hard about great work is that what feels like a big vision today, you know, you accomplish it and then you have to build a bigger vision. And I find that people really struggle to see whether it's themselves in a bigger way or the potential of their impact in a bigger way. And I'm wondering, how did you, how do you keep your vision big? Like, how do you personally figure out the bigger, the bigger, the bigger potential? Because I think that's really hard for people. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't sit down like with a piece of paper, like, okay, what strategically should be my vision or anything? Mm -hmm. I've never done that. But I think for me, right or wrong, you know, it's been intuitive. Mm. It's really been looking at the impact that I am making on calls. Then over the course of a year, looking at the impact that I've made over the course of five years, looking at what's been shifting. Okay. Now 10 years. Mm. And you just start to see how much opportunity you've really had, how much power you've had to make shifts. And so I think that's part of it is just observing mm. and then I'm kind of connecting dots there, but I, there's also something that's deeply intuitive about that. And, um, you know, I can really see into the future an option where I am not necessarily the sole founder, but I'm a part of some sort of a collective. I can see mm. multiple Ambers in a community, all consciously marketing, consciously doing business. And, you know, it's not like I've changed the entire world, but I know that I've got this community of really incredible thought leaders and influencers that are all a part of the same conscious ecosystem. So mm-hmm. I can, I can tell you that that's pretty vague, right? So is it a book launch company? I don't know. Is it something okay. else? Maybe, but I can tell you that in the past 15 years of owning NGNG, it's basically been about the same company. I'm still doing book launches. I'm still doing websites, a little bit of marketing, still doing branding. And I don't want to do things outside of that. Really. I'm not doing, I haven't evolved into paid advertising or mm-hmm. deep funnel work anything like that. I'm really about the fundamentals and getting those right. Um, and so for me, that next piece of the vision is intuiting is just about really sharing what I know with my team members and allowing them to then rise up and take ownership of their roles. And then I'm not here to control what they want to do with that knowledge and power. I'm here to support whatever their vision is now having that experience and that education within this collective. So I can speak to it that way, um, but I probably do things very differently than most, and that's okay with me. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I think people are looking for another way. Hey, if you're enjoying this podcast, you've got to check out the Great Work Community. The Great Work Community is where change-making entrepreneurs make drama-free progress together. Come on over for a co-working, accountability, coaching, and just-in-time courses check out the great work community. The link is in the show notes. Yeah. I think the, um, the sort of traditionalist kind of lockstep follow the yellow brick road. Isn't really working anyways. Like look where we are That's you look at the world, you know? Um, that's so interesting. So I think like listening to your story, it sounds very much like you sort of get a flash of lightning, right? You're like that. Oh, wow. That's possible. 
And then NGMG, no guts, no glory. And I think that that is, you know, when you think about like core values and like what role they play, um, I think it was you actually who pointed out the core values book to me. And sort of, I've been thinking a lot about using um, the core value as sort of a decision-making lens. Yes. Right. So if your core value is no guts, no glory, then you don't really have a choice when you get a vision of what's possible. You have to kind of go for it. It's a really interesting way of seeing it. Go ahead. No, it's a hundred percent true. Core values are the decision-making filter. Um, You know, even last week I had to make a very difficult decision about a team member And I liked this team member. And the challenge that I have, Amanda, is that I see everybody's potential. So it's like, but I know who they could be. Uh And I looked at my list of core values and I thought, are they upholding or exemplifying better together? Shoot, they're not. Mm -hmm. Are they upholding unwavering excellence? Dang it. They're not. Are they leaning in? Oh man. Are, you know, mm-hmm. they have a meaningful connection with our customers and it was undeniable. So even though I personally believed in this person, I liked this person. I had to let them go because they weren't living up to the core values. And if we are not upholding that, what are we really standing for? What are we really doing? It becomes very messy, very quickly at this stage of business. Mm-hmm. When I'm evaluating a new opportunity, cause we got a huge opportunity come in and I thought, okay, Amber, is this better together? Am I leaning in? Would I be d- deeply fulfilled by this? And I just keep checking myself against these five core values. And then I think, yes, they pass the criteria. So it's a go. And now mm-hmm. that helps me. It also takes a lot of like that personal guilt, shame, anxiety, burden away because you've, you're trusting your own decision-making guidelines and those values. It also uh, becomes the language of the organization in your marketing. When mm-hmm. I am marketing and I'm talking about, listen, author, you need to lean in when it's hard. You can't just do this. You can't cower. You got to lean in right now. Mm-hmm. That lean in, that's one of our core values. So either you agree with that or you don't. And if you don't agree with leaning in, cool, you're just not our people. And that gives you permission to go on and find somebody else guilt-free. And then I don't have to feel guilty about it. So there's all sorts of benefits to using core values to grow and scale your message in your company. Mm-hmm. And what it sounds like it does, which I think is one of the hardest parts of the sort of founder's dilemma is when, when there's Amber hands in everything, then Amber's sort of self, Amber's Amberness is everywhere, right? And it and that's the filter, right? But the further you get from the front lines, the less Amberness there just is in that. And the core values then are an interesting way to sort of operationalize the Amberness of it. Or or maybe it's not even the Amberness anymore, but it's the NG and genius of it. Yeah, I like the way you're saying all of that. <laughs> Yeah, well, I've been thinking about it a lot because I think one of the one of the hard parts of scaling and doing bigger things is that you really do have to start letting things go. And until you can like trust that maybe you don't know how, but you really can keep your core in place as you hand things off. And we're just we're stuck playing a smaller game. I mean, and I think that that's gets in the way of great work for sure, because great work relies on collaboration and collaboration is difficult for a lot of people. It's so tough. I mean, it's very tough, but I think one of the things that really helped me early on was if I let go of a a task, a responsibility, they don't have to do it the exact way I would have done it. 
They just don't have to, as long as they're following the guidelines of the values, let's say they get the general why behind it, then I shouldn't force them into doing it my way because that prevents them from being innovative and helping the company grow in a better way, right? Who's to say my way is the, always the right way. That's ridiculous, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that when I really understood, oh, they can format it the way they want to format it. As long as it's unwavering excellence, it looks pretty, it's concise, it's detailed. Da, 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 da. So I have to tell them what the core values mean and why yeah. they matter. Other than that, just freaking let it go. Let them do their own thing. It's mm. going to give them more ownership that'll help with retention, which a lot of people are really struggling with these days. Mm-hmm. And it's going to create something that's more meaningful than what you could have done by yourself anyway. And it's more fun that way. Mm. But yeah, it is. It's very difficult. I'm not even going to deny it. Running a team, trusting other people to the degree you have to let go and trust and every once in a while you get burned, baby burned. And then it's like, gosh, okay. Yeah. I learned that one, but yeah. then it makes you sharper. It makes you stronger. You button yourself up and you will not do that again, guaranteed. And mm-hmm. then you keep taking the good March forward. That's mm-hmm. business. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that definitely is a description a really, really great description of, of the truth of it. The truth of the, you know, if it were easy, then we wouldn't be talking about it as the as the linchpin of it, right? Breathing is important for all members of our teams, but we don't sit around talking about how we have to, well, maybe we do sometimes, maybe take a deeper breath, but really it's the collaboration, the hard stuff. It's the collaboration and the letting go and the delegation and the keeping the big vision. Yeah. I think I the it. biggest struggle for business owners is they don't give themselves enough time to think. Mm-hmm. They don't give themselves enough time to process. They don't give themselves enough time to do visioning work and they don't, they don't spend enough time with their team, setting them up for success, mm-hmm. you know, because a lot of entrepreneurs, they love kind of that last minute adrenaline rush. Well, you can't operate last minute when you have a team because then your customers are unhappy mm-hmm. and entrepreneurs also love selling. They love being on the front lines. Well, the more you grow your business, the more you have to be letting them take front line and you're taking a completely different decision. It might be that you wake up one day and realize I hate being a CEO. I love being a solopreneur. And then you have to unravel everything that you built, or maybe you find out that it's everything you thought it would be and more. Mm -hmm. I mean, so it's, it's definitely a journey of self-discovery that never stops, but I would say, you know, you have to at least give yourself the opportunity to try and see what you feel about it. What would you choose to experience next in this life? Mm-hmm. You know, would you want to experience what it could be like at, you know, at this level or the next level or the next, next, next level or not? I mean, it's, it's totally up to you. Don't feel pressured by it, but if you are going to take that journey, you have to start really exercising the muscle of delegation and letting go and giving yourself more time than you would think is necessary for thinking, visioning, and training up your team. Promise you on that one. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it sort of comes full circle, right? Because at the very beginning of our call, you were talking about how your mission, one way to define it, is to bring humanity and the connection, human to human connection back to the online marketing space, right? And I feel like a lot of, whether it's authors or solopreneurs or business people or whatever, we forget our own humanity. Sometimes like we treat ourselves like um, 
like a tool, like a, like a, what's the word I'm looking for? A commodity. Like we treat our, our own life force and our interests and our gifts as a commodity in our business. And a lot of what you're talking about from the, who are you really? Let's put the videos out there about who you really are, like be imperfect, be, um, you know, put the, put the heart back into what you're doing is about allowing yourself to not be this hyper-optimized robot version of yourself and instead be who you are. And it's the same conversation here at the end of our call where we're talking about as a business owner growing and doing our great work at every level, it's really about returning back to, you know, who are you? You're a single human. Like, what do you want? How do you want it? Are you willing to, and, and are you in flow with your life? Are you willing to give it a try? Find out that this part of it is not good for you and pivoting and finding your way through it, as opposed to the way that most people sort of get themselves stuck in these commitment sets, whether it's, I have to be perfect on video at the beginning, or like, I have to be, you know, the person doing everything. So it's done right. It's really interesting. Well, what I'm thinking about as you say all of that is, you know, big question is how much is enough? Mm-hmm. You know, like, where is the line before you cross over into somebody that you're no longer proud to be? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think maybe the, the thing to, to put some thinking time into is why is, why does that matter to me? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I want to be an influencer on Instagram. <laughs> and, okay, cool. Why? Right. Like, why does that matter to you? Right. And if you really start to peel back the layers of that onion, you realize like, oh, I just want to feel like I matter. Cool. Mm-hmm. If you just want to feel like you matter, do you need to have the stress and pressure of being, uh, you know, an Instagram star with a million followers and advertisers hunting you down? And now you're like, every move is videotaped. Is that really the life that you want? Oh, it's not the life that you want. Oh, it really just comes down to the fact that you've disconnected from who you really are or from your Mm -hmm. spousal relationship, or you're feeling disconnected from your kids. So if we solve that first, what would you choose to then experience? Would you still be an Instagram star? Well, no, I really wouldn't. Actually, I just would really like to have an intimate, small community of people that we're masterminding. Mm -hmm. Great. So now we pivot away from what we think we want. Mm-hmm. what genuinely would satisfy us. And that is a great example, Amanda, of the work that I really do. And I don't advertise yeah. it on my website because nobody thinks they're looking for that. They're looking right. to be the next Instagram star. I yeah. want to be a New York Times, you know, best-selling author. Awesome. Why does that matter to you? Right. And what you see is all of a sudden when people really start thinking about why these goals matter and what they genuinely want, Whatever they thought they wanted is almost certainly out of alignment for how they actually want to spend their days. So then we start building a roadmap for how they actually want to spend their mm-hmm. days. And then what do you know? They strike gold and it's the easiest thing that they've ever done before. And yeah, it's because you're in alignment. Mm. So having a strategic coach or somebody that knows you, that knows your business, that knows what you're trying to accomplish, that can help you cut through a lot of the garbage and go straight to the root of it and then build an efficient plan. Like, and I'm not selling myself here, but I'm just saying like, there's strategic coats all over the place, find one that you like, but don't waste your time, right? Like do the deeper work, know who you are and what you want and go after it and get it. And then what do you want to do after that? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. That's a great, that was a great sort of mic drop moment right there. Um, 
So I would love to ask you if there's somebody on this who's listening to this podcast who's launching a book or needs a new website or, or whatever, how could they find out more about you and maybe get a taste of what you do? How can they learn more? You can get a taste anywhere you want in the online world, pretty much, because if you just Google Amber Vilhauer or NGNG Enterprises, we're everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I have hundreds and hundreds of YouTube videos that give away the farm. There are some people that try to hold their best stuff. I put it all online for free. Mm. Um, you can go to my website. You can join our email community. I send out a weekly valuable email. I'm not trying to waste your time. I'm not always trying to sell. I'm just trying to give. I'm trying to connect. I have an amazing community. I encourage you to reach out to our authors become one if you want to. Um, but we're open to talking to anybody about anything, honestly. So sometimes I'm just having a free give call to somebody who's like, I think I have a message in me. What do I do? So don't pre judge yourself or pre-qualify yourself. If you want to have a conversation, let's have a conversation. Just reach out on the website. Love it. Yes. And I would like to add my personal recommendation that you do that. I've had a few conversations with Amber. She's, she really is you focused. Um, it's been really interesting to talk to you about you for once. <laughs> I really, yes. Yes. So I appreciate so the opportunity and Amanda, congratulations again on your book releasing next week. I, it's a big, big deal. Nobody knows that more than me. So well mm -hmm. done on completing yeah. the journey. And I can't wait to see what happens in the next year for you. It's going to be awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining us today on Unleashing Your Great Work. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. And make sure you check out the Great Work Journals to get the support you need to get started, stay at it, and unleash your great work out into the world.